When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode number 152. We are back after the international break, refreshed and ready to go again for the last big stretch of the season. Uh, sadly, no Kevin once again, but Stepin, Timberzant and Alex Haas, a double dose of Americans to help celebrate mm-hmm. that World Cup draw. Um, I'm very much outnumbered, I'm aware of that, but... Never mind, bring it on. Um, They will be on hand to chat through Saturday's point at Ellen Road and prepare us for the return home against the wounded Chelsea. Uh, Tim, firstly, you. uh, Welcome back. I mean, how are you feeling about that big Tar Heels win yesterday? So uh, for everyone, if they don't know, I work at Duke but live in Chapel Hill. So at Duke, if I want my supervisor to be happy, to enjoy, my town might burn down. Or my town might not burn down, and my boss might be pissed on Monday morning. So I'm gonna get the I got the second of the options, and so we're gonna see how things go. And overall, it was a great time. Uh, the town is very lively. The helicopters kept me up all last all late last night. I live very close to Franklin Street, and it was a crazy game. It lived up to the hype. Uh, Coach UNC could not get any happier. They if they get blown out by forty points in the national championship game on Monday, they won't care. Yeah, yeah, it's Kansas, isn't it? It is Kansas. So and then and then uh, my sister went to the University of Kentucky. I grew up and spent some time in Lexington, so I have all these different uh, you know rivalries, things going back and forth. And she was super happy because Coach Gig is an egotistical prick and can be at times. <laughs> yeah, he's done, <laughs> Alex. Welcome back to you also, uh, and thank you for stepping in very, very short notice. Yeah, you bet. Not a problem. Leeds then, guys. A point well earned, I suppose. Stopped the losing skid. That was most important. Not exactly what we were illicitly hoping for, but, you know, a point. We'll take it. Very slow start. Come back. And another piece of magic from the right boot with James Ward-Prowse. Alex, your initial thoughts on the on the point. I think you said it best with just well-deserved. Um the first half of that game was 
it, to me, seemed very dominated by Leeds. It, it's sort of like we didn't learn our lesson that it was Anthony Taylor, right, the, the ref? That's um, right, yeah. That, that he was going to kind of let the game be really physical. After two or three no calls for fouls, you just got to realize, hey, we're not going to get those calls. We can't be looking for it. You got to just get back up and, and you know, stop their counter. And it seemed in the first half that every time we were dispossessed when we thought it was a foul, that was the biggest opportunity Leeds had because they would break on a counter and we would kind of be outnumbered because our guys, you know, our, our players were still on the floor expecting a call and it wasn't coming. So so that was sort of a storm to weather and a little nerve-wracking in the first half. But uh, Yeah, I think that's a good thing, though, that they're letting the game go. And bearing in mind, we had Mike Dean on VAR as well, so it was always... A, oh, but, yeah. And, of course, they had a decision to make later on the game, which we'll get to um, in a bit. But, yeah, other than that, it was all cool. Um, Tim, your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, so we were definitely flat going into the first half. Uh, we didn't feel like we had confidence going in. I, th- I think we looked rusty, and I think we were coming off a long break. After that, though, we finally got settled in, and in the Discord group I was saying that once we kind of get our feet wet, and as long as we can hold them off and not let them get a goal, uh, I think we're going to be okay. I think we'll be able to push them and go through. And then what is what happens three minutes after I say <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I was thinking that. I thought, yeah, Tim's just said that they're not going to get a goal. You know, if we can keep them off from scoring, it'll be fine. And then, yeah, boom, lead score. I was like, for Christ's sake. And then your response was just, Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Correct. Because at that, because now it's like, um, could we, you know, could we pull, claw ourselves back to a 1-1 as long as we kind of get our feet wet and get, get things settled? Yeah, that's what we did. And we had more chances and we looked better in the second half, but the outcome is the correct, the outcome, the draw is correct for the way the game played out. And there's nothing more to say about it than we should have been better and we can be better. We'll take the, we'll take the points take the over point and, and, and stop yeah. the lot, stop the losing skid. Right. It's, it's yeah. a building block. Exactly. Yeah. And cause I mean, considering the way the leads have been playing recently under Jesse Marsh, it's, it is not a bad result. You know, when you look at it, it's that they are coming back into it a little bit more. They're, you know, what they 11 points now from safety. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think she just needs to take it. We didn't play well the first half. Second half, we picked up. When we come back from behind, uh, we'll take a point. I mean, we could have could have lost that game. It could have been a penalty at the end. Again, oh, yeah. we'll go into um, a little bit later on when we talk about the game in depth. Um, but before we hit that, uh, ITN news to get to. Um, but a reminder, if you appreciate what we do uh, and you feel you'd like to buy us a pint, uh, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, and also take a look at our membership, uh, our tiers for beers. Right then, guys, let's get into some ITN news. This is ITN in that number news. OK, then, uh, ITN news. Guys, did you catch any of the international games in the break at all? Every one of them. I just checked scores. To me, because of the, U- the U.S. qualifiers, uh, I was extremely in- enthralled with everything. Now, watching U.S. qualifiers, I get so nervous, even more nervous than watching the Southampton games, which is crazy to think about. And, that is, yeah. Uh, even more we, nervous when you're watching Saints defend a corner. <laughs> if we did not pump Panama 4-0 in the first half, oh, man, I would have been an absolute wreck of a time. Absolute wreck, and we can talk about U.S. qualifying later in the World Cup. But I was able to catch a bunch of games. I caught the Scot- some, a couple of Scotland friendlies. Uh, they look decent, and I think they have a good. I think they have a good shout to even to qualify. Yeah, I think so too. I think they've got. I think all three of them have got a decent chance. To be honest, um, I won't do Kevin's comprehensive roundup. I'll just do a quick skim through um, and just say that Stuart Armstrong, Shay Adams. Jan Bednarik, Musa Gineppo, Mohamed Elianusi and Armando Broya all called up for Scotland, Poland, Mali, Norway and Albania, respectively. Uh, Tino Livramento started both England under-21 Euro 2023 qualifiers against Andorra and Albania. Um, and of course, those England call-ups, James Wood-Prowse, Fraser Forster and Kyle Walker-Peters. So, so pleased they didn't get overlooked. That's massive, isn't it, for, for both of them, really? Mm-hmm. Even Forster too. I, that was something that was unexpected, mm. uh, and, and I guess sort of fortunate with the was it COVID related or injuries to the England keepers? Yeah. Before that, um, so 
So, I mean, just good on him, man. He he deserves it. He's done a great job coming back from kind of his lower point. In yeah, his career. and stamps the number one spot because, I mean, we had a little bit of a, a tandem going on towards the end of the last season. And even in this season, you still didn't know. But I think it's clear to see now that Fraser Forster is the number one, even with um, – uh, Alex McCarthy coming back to training, I don't think he's going to step straight back into that side now. And Kai Walker-Peters has earned this on merit. I mean, not just because of injuries oh, yeah. or anything else. I mean, he's had a fantastic season. And bearing in mind, you know, most of it, he's had to play on the left because of the emergence of Tino. Right. So out of position, and he's just stamped down a, a place in the England squad. And we all know how many right-backs Gareth Southgate took to the, uh, to the Euros last summer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's got a chance, but it's a slim one. Um, Tim, Tino Livramento, England under 21, he started uh, against Andorra and Albania. Ralph, a little bit concerned over that and didn't like the fact that uh, Lee Carsley started him in both games because of concerns over his knee. Um, and then he said, you know, he shouldn't be starting three games in a row. But then he decides to start him at Leeds. Like, <laughs> you know, Tim, what do you think about that? Number one, he, he wants to be selfish for his team and he wants to be selfish for the player's health. So to him, the international break is not something that should be a priority. Um, uh, now, when we left Jan Benarek on the uh, off the bench completely last game ahead of the Poland qualifiers, he was in a completely different mindset where he allowed them he allowed that to happen. Uh, to me, it makes it makes sense, uh, but I also think that he, if you want to play for if you want to play for your country, you want to play for your country, and yeah, it's they should have rotated because. They don't need him to play against Andorra. They could have probably put out some Yeovil Town third stringer who's been fine against Andorra. Sure, but having said that, I mean, Lee Carsley needs to win these games. He's got to pick the best team that he feels is going to win the, win the game. I understand that you could have picked, well, anybody to play that, that role, really. But it's his call, right? I mean, you can't blame him for wanting to select his best players. Oh, I don't. And that's that's the nature of the game of going on international break. And just the fans as well. The fans are going to want to see it. Yeah, I mean, you're and you're also looking at one or two injuries in the England squad for KWP as long as he's continuing his his push. Uh, I, I mean, he, he can slot in his left back too, as we can see. So mm. is he going to be – is Chilwell going to come back 100% healthy? Uh, what happens when Shaw goes down eating too many donuts? Uh, it, <laughs> He's big boned, all right. He's big boned. <laughs> you know he brings four right backs, but you know what? Walker Peters is saying I can play left back too. I know I I'm a right it, footed. Yeah. I'm a right footed player, but I can play left back. I've been playing at a high level this entire past season. Um, I mean, I, it's likelier and likelier now. The percentages is high, are higher that he's he could be in the the World Cup squad. And let's face it, I mean, it's only against America, right? So you could put anybody against them and, 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 you know, come out on top. So it's not a problem. Well, if he's on the left side, that means he'd be facing up against Serginho Dest. And Who? Dest, Who? Who? Serginho Dest. I know uh, who he is. Ah, uh, yes. You know, that's Barcelona. He plays in yeah. one, yeah. one team called Barcelona. Uh, no, but Dest isn't really much of a defender. He, he bombs, he bombs forward and, it's absolutely nuts how how great he can go forward, but he 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 would get he get trashed by Walker Peters with that run up as we saw leading up to the goal that uh, he got with the foul with JWP. Going into that World Cup, then I mean, this draw, then guys, it was like it was meant to be, and I, I was only saying like on the night that the, the draw was happening that oh, can you imagine if we get drawn against the Yanks? I would love it, and then boom, it happens, um, and we're gonna be, so we're gonna face Iran. Either Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine, and of course the U.S. So, Alex, I'll speak to you first. How are you feeling about this? Oh, I'm excited because it's going to be entertaining. Um, I'm kind of in a different standpoint than Tim with the U.S. team, uh, where, where I'm not super excited about it. I mean, we have a lot of potential talent and a lot of actual talent in the squad, but like we are so so very like Southampton, where we play these outstanding games. And then we'll go up against a team that we probably should beat and we lose 2-0. Um, and, and I'm not sure how to feel about that, except that I don't have complete faith in our international manager, Greg Berhalter. Um, so, so, uh, uh, it'll, it'll be entertaining to say the least. And, um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. 
I think one thing you have to say about England in World Cup groups is that they never play as well as you expect them. OK, you, you can take the Euros and, and the last World Cup out because we did really well in those groups. But other than that, I mean, I remember that group when we played it. We played against America. and I believe that was 2010, wasn't it, in um, South Africa? And we drew. We had Algeria and we drew. So the teams that we should be winning. You know, and America are going to come into this game with nothing to lose, right? Because the pressure is all on England. This is where America needs to just go and, and, and hit them. And it's it's not going to be as easy as, as a lot of the English people are saying. But, uh, Tim, how are you feeling about the draw? Are you scared, nervous, happy? So not getting cutter. I, if you had to pick the next team that was in the group, uh, in the in the in the pot pot one group, I probably would have taken England. And the reason is, is not because there's a plausible chance that we're going to lose, but and not for the entertainment factor. I just think we match up against England's type of style, where if we played against a real technical team like, well, you don't, nobody wants to play against Brazil, but say even like Uruguay or. Oh, um, Belgium, like, and Portugal, I don't, I don't like that nearly as much. I think we, we are, we're better off facing somebody who, like, like, like a hot and cold team like England. So to us, it, I'm okay with it. And you got, it's just an entire geopolitical group between Iran and then if it's Ukraine or Scotland or Wales, cause then you get, you guys will just be infighting between each other two of the three games. And then Iran is just throw everything into the mixer and just lot, just lots going on there. Lots of different thoughts, but I'm very happy with the draw and how it could have set up to be. If we didn't get cutter, I would have taken England. <laughs> is there, okay. is there actually like a, a bind group of death in this? Draw, Do you know it, what I was all, thinking? All of them that. pretty balanced. I well, you got—I mean, you got uh, Germany and Spain in the same group, so that's oh, that's, right. that's yeah. going to be a, a difficult one to come out. Well, I mean, I guess you just assume that they're both going to uh, both going to get through that group. But yeah, there's nothing that's really like, "Whoa, that's going to be a tough one." I mean, maybe Argentina, Mexico, and Poland. Yeah, or Saudi Arabia—they could get through. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. <laughs> you never yep. know. Um, <laughs> They're obviously not, but yeah, I, I, even even like France and Denmark, because Denmark are playing quite well right now, mm-hmm. and it's um yeah, it's going to be a good World Cup. But we've we've got like seven months of smack talk, then guys, and you know that the the Discord is very US heavy, so I'm going to need some support from all you uh, from all you Brits. We need to get in there and and, and shut these Americans up. That's right. <laughs> I go both ways because Tim did this awesome thing where he said all the American stuff was better than English stuff, like uh, biscuits are worse than cookies. And yeah. Was it chips and fries too, Tim? I forget. It was a that pretty expensive list. And, yep. and I don't know. I agree with some of them, but there are other things where I'm like, man, the English version of this is actually better in my opinion. Um, right. Okay. Back to Saints then. Uh, I just want to go through these, um, these fixtures in April because there's quite a lot of them. There's five games in April now. Um, obviously six with, with, with the game yesterday. Uh, but big month ahead. Uh, we've got Chelsea at home on the 9th. And then the following week, the 16th, we've got Arsenal at home. Um, and then followed by the 21st, Burnley away. The 24th, Brighton away. And the 30th, Palace away. That is a pretty hectic run. Um, do you fancy anything uh, out of that, Tim? I'm going to go with three points. <laughs> I think we'll- <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Oh God! I no. Hate that. Well, I mean, oh, I meant. I thought you meant the away groups. Uh, I think we're gonna probably get four or five points out of the the next five games. I think we'll go. I think we'll go a point a game for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. And, and Alex, how about you? I mean, you you can almost I say almost write off those home games because. But then, bearing in mind, Chelsea just got spanked at home to uh, to Brentford, and all right. yeah. Arsenal were playing all right. I mean, they're doing they're doing well. Um, so those home games, I mean, if you take a point on those two, you've got to be happy with that. But those three away games, Burnley away, Brighton away, and Palace away, I would, I want a couple of wins there. Yeah, I'd like to highball it at six points, I think. It will, we're either going to squeak out two wins or one win and a bunch of draws. But I think I think we'll beat Arsenal. Arsenal will have a lot of players out with COVID right now. Um, what was it? Bioka Saka had to drop out of the England squad for COVID reasons and then at least my fantasy predictors or fantasy football lineup says that Aaron Ramsdale's out with some kind of injury. So I think if those injuries don't get fixed or if the guys don't heal before we play Arsenal at home, we might be able to squeak a win out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then, oh, like, we might do the typical Southampton thing and, and, you know, draw against Burnley, draw against Brighton, draw against Palace. Or Yeah, they... I, I don't want that. Oh, sorry, yeah. incidentally, um, Palace is at home, not away. So we've got home, oh. home Chelsea, Arsenal at home, yeah. away to Burnley and Brighton, and then at home to Palace. So, um, so yeah, that, that that's better. That, that that's, that's probably where my uh, predictions came into it. So, yeah. I think it's okay. I think it could be a lot worse. We're at we're sitting at thirty uh thirty six points right now, eight games to go. I think forty four, forty five points is right in the wheelhouse of what we're gonna finish at. I mm. think we're gonna kinda I think we're gonna kinda limp I wanna say limp home. Uh pretty soon here in three games or four games we're gonna hit the beach and we might get four or five points in the last four or five games. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. for I think mid table, maybe eleventh or twelfth finish right now, the way things are going. Uh, they're gonna let let the gas off a little bit. I think you're gonna see a lot more of Tella. You're gonna see maybe even uh, some rotation out. Uh, let's hopefully we can get Gineppo in to see, get him some uh, some some time in before we sell him over in, in the off season. Yeah, just safety first. I think safety first, and then, you know, don't forget, you know, the, the higher you finish up the table, the more money you're gonna bring in for summer transfers and stuff. So. Let's hopefully keep our heads off the beach yeah. until that last game of the season and just go out yeah. full, full throttle and and not limp like we did last season because that was a horrible way to end the season and it totally yeah. affected my confidence going into this season. It was just and especially losing, you know, like Bertrand, Vestergaard, and Ings. It was just a big, big, massive blow. And trying to get ready for this season wasn't exactly the greatest feeling. So I don't want to go through that again. So I do think it's important that we end the season on a massive high or as big as we possibly can. I just want us to finish above Villa too. Just, yeah. just to oh, yeah. stick it one last time to Danny Ings. Like, yeah. hey, buddy, how many goals did you score this season? And how's how that European times? football looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that bench feeling on your butt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, B team and the women's team. Uh, a few to catch up on here because obviously we didn't uh, record or we haven't recorded since that Newcastle no Watford loss. Uh, so Premier League two win at. No, at home to Reading, uh, 2-1 win, goals from Luke Pearce and Thierry Small, um, and then a 4-2 loss at home to Wolves in the league. Uh, Luke Pearce again, uh, and an own goal. And then yesterday, a 2-1 loss at Burnley, but Ramelow Mitchell with the opener. Um, they've got a big layoff now, so they're not back to action until the 25th of April, and that is at Newcastle. So... But currently, the B team are sat mid-table in seventh, uh, two points behind Newcastle on 33 points. So a big, big game that next time. Uh, the women's team, another few to catch up on for them. Uh, starting with the league action against Cardiff, a massive 4-0 win. Lucia Kendall with the hat-trick and Ella Pusey with the cherry on top. Uh, then they're away at London Bees. Uh, a 2-1 win with uh, Lucia Kendall again and Alicia Ware with the early goals, both of them inside 12 minutes. Um, and then away at Gillingham, a 2-0 win. Same score as it was against the Bees, Kendall and Ware. Um, and then the Wednesday just gone, Crawley Wasps, 3-0 win. Ware, Farah and Freeland securing the points. Brilliant form, perfect. Uh, they've leapfrogged Oxford into second now with a game in hand over them. Uh, two games in hand over the top of the table, Ipswich, four points behind them. But it's getting to that crunch time now, and next up is Ipswich. Um, that's absolutely huge, um, and they have just kicked off as well. So um, huge ramifications this one. Win here, and they're just a point behind with a game in hand. Um, a massive confidence boost over title rivals as well. So that's a 2 p.m. kickoff today on Sunday, the 3rd of April. <laughs> Dean Hammond here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. OK, then. Leeds United at Ellen Road. We're not happy travellers up there, winning once in the league in the 13 times. And that came back in 1998. Um, but Leeds having a poor season going into, well, going on last season standards anyway. Um, and, you know, we had the chance to do the first top flight double on them since 1981-82. And that's before I was born. So that's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> it would be, uh, you know, it would be a struggle given our current form. You know, three losses on the trot, the Villa, Newcastle, Watford. And then if you take that 4-1 loss to City, two, four in a row. Um, desperately important that we avoided defeat. And we did that, of course. It was 1-1. One, one. 
Jack Harrison giving Leeds the well-deserved lead after 29 minutes and then step forward James Ward-Prowse with his party trick early in the second half to give us the point. Uh, still open mouth from that one. Still can't quite believe that he's done it again. Um, what well, we should believe it, really, shouldn't we? Because it's, it's yeah. happened so many times. Four changes then, Alex, from the loss to City. Um, Adams, Broya, Diallo, Bednarik all returning. Um, what, what did you make of the setup? Because there was no Stuart Armstrong, of course. He was on the bench. Um, and the, all the formations that I saw looked like it was a 4-3-1-2. You know, the three midfielders of Prowse, Romeo and Diallo. Um, mm-hmm. And then Elianusi sat behind the front two of Broya and Adams. Did you like this? I was interested. Um, I, I saw a lot of uh, potentially having Kyle Walker-Peters be in the midfield while Diallo slotted in at one of the outside backs. And I thought that was going to be a huge risk. Uh, but thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, having having no stew was weird. But I think that, you know, it, it's sort of a, a lateral step from what we can put out as far as our strongest squad uh, with one that's a little bit more pragmatic, one that's going to hold the ball a little bit more and be a little bit more stout defensively. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't worried. To, yeah, I to guess play. that was the plan. Yeah. I mean, but then, Tim, you know, when you look at the team and you see when it's if you just look at it on the lineup and you see there's no natural wide players apart from Elianusi, you know, no Armstrong, no Redmond, no Gineppo. You, you, you're going to have to play Elianusi through the centre. Um, were you concerned about this at all? Or did you think, oh, okay, I, I, this is a new approach. I quite like this. Uh, I thought this was a complete tactical shift. Uh, looking back, Jesse Marsh, uh, Red Bull, uh, Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, similar style to what Ralph always do, goes through, through the center. So what he wanted to do is he wanted to force everybody out wide. He felt that he, they could control. Uh, if they control the center of the pitch, they can allow Livermento, they can allow Walker-Peters to get up and down. So they had Rodrigo and Rafinha, who did not play that wide. Uh, if you look at their heat map, they were able to be congested. And that's where, when they overloaded us at times, and at least at the beginning, it took us for a little bit to get into it. Over, uh, later on, uh, you could see the domination of the, not necessarily the possession, but just the control of the game. And through Diallo, through Romeo and Ward-Prowse, um, I think Romeo got left out a little bit, which is why he got subbed out in the second half. Uh, but overall, I think they did that on purpose. And Elianusi's work, track back work, um, it felt it allowed us to go, it allowed us to get the wings going up, but it felt it allowed us to be a little more flat than we'd like to be. Uh, I liked it. I think it's a good tactical shift, and I think it's ultimately what we were hoping for with Ralph, that just making those tiny tweaks to play against somebody like Jesse Marsh, who uh, more props to him for coming in from racing Wisconsin, suburban Milwaukee, to be successful and to play, really uh, have a decently well-run team. Yeah, he's doing well. He is doing well. I am surprised. I don't think he was going to hit the ground running quite as, as, as quick as he did. Um, I I don't know. Like, I'm going back to what Alex said. It was more like a possession-based team, and you have those three midfielders that that are just going to like try and negate leads a little bit. It wasn't. It didn't seem like like a very hard-working running side, not like a, a press that they were used to. With no Stuart Armstrong, no Adam Armstrong either. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was going to be a little bit. The game was going to be bogged down a little bit, but it wasn't actually, and it was um it was a fast paced game, but not from us. It was um I don't know I was itching to get into this game because it because of the break and I couldn't wait to get going. And when it did, boy, God was it slow and it was difficult to get settled and we had to ride it a little bit, didn't we? And you know, Salisu came into action. He had to do have a well timed tackle on Danny James. Yep. And then of course trouble from that ensuing corner, which I always always comment about your NSA came close but um, no surprises there uh, always can concede from corners but yeah Alex not a very good start no uh, yes Salisu did his best Romeo impression and made that pretty fantastic tackle against Daniel James but um, yeah we certainly had to weather a lot of pressure in that first half and um, like I said before a lot of it was just not adapting to the ref letting things be pretty physical um, so I think I think we got caught up the field several times and leads were able to counter really quickly, which they do really well. And and that was something that I think was also worrying was just how quickly they countered, how fast they moved the ball, you know, down through the middle and then out to the wing and then bring it back inside. It was, um, 
for for a little while, it certainly looked like they could have gone a couple goals up before we found our feet and actually, you know, yeah. started to press them back. We did, we did find our feet. We did ride it out a little bit. And we did start to create some chances of our own once we settled him. Um, there, there was a chance that, you know, Adams slipped when he laid it off to Elianusi, and then he slipped ever so slightly when he took his shot straight at Melier. But I know that you've said, you've said a lot about this in the past, Tim, about Ellen Rhodes' pitch, and it's been quite prominent for us. And you obviously we remember Romeo from last season. But yeah, uh, we did come into the game slightly after that, but then, you know, that Elianusi chance could have been better. Yeah, and I, I genuinely felt that the pitch played a major factor in the flow of the game, at least at the beginning of it. That pitch is thicker than my high school turf that I played on, which is crazy to think about. And they, you could see it chunked up even left and right, and I thought that was r- freshly done as well. It looked fresh, but for some reason they just can't get that higher quality pitch that we we have at our place and just about every other is except for Turfmore, I think, is the only other place that looks like hell. Yeah, and, yeah it's, it's, that's the north for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Brent, even Brentford, they play uh, with they have a rugby team that plays there, and it's still better than that. Mm-hmm. So that defined the pace, and I think we got caught out. I really genuinely think we got caught out on that. So to me, that Elianusi slip – when I think he would have had a better shot on a uh, better chance than he did if he didn't have uh, a slip. And I was extremely worried that we were going to concede a goal because of the pitch. Now, Changing I sound like stubs at halftime. <laughs> well, I sound like being a little bitch about, you know, everybody's playing on the same field, but it, it does make a difference. So I ultimately don't think it hurt us in the long run, but it definitely changed the flow of the game. And I did not like it. No, no, it's something that we've commented on many times before on this show. And Alex, uh, Leeds pressing them more, I suppose it's fair to say. They did look most likely to score. Of course, they did have the ball in the net. Jack Harrison put it in from, from a scramble um, from a corner, but that was um, that was disallowed. Um, but then, obviously, they did get the goal that, that, that stood in the 29th minute. Jack Harrison poked it away from a parry from, from Fraser Forster. Probably could have done better with that, if I'm being honest, and... I know Tim was saying that Rafinha wasn't really going wide much because of his heat map, but he certainly looked wide when he put that cross in and caused us all sorts of issues with that. Um, and then obviously the defence was too slow to deal with it and Harrison was in the right place at the right time. And, I, you know, Lee's probably deserved the lead then. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. It, it seems to be a common thing where we see that kind of whenever an opposition scores a goal first, it, it's there's never usually enough pressure on the person delivering the ball. Uh, our midfield is usually slow to go out and close that down. It was sort of um, a, a little lucky for Leeds because I think that was from a clearance off of Kyle Walker-Peters, and then it just deflected off of Rafinha, Rodrigo. I get those two mixed up all the time. One of those guys, and it just kind of fell back into the mixer. And, you know, Frazier came out and made that parry, and it pinged back into the middle, and I think he was kind of caught with his body facing the wrong way. So I, I don't fault... Forster for for that goal just it was a mess that we kind of created by just not pressuring the person with the ball in the beginning of that yeah that's fair to say that that is fair to say I mean um Rafinha had the, had the ball out wide there's plenty of chances to get attacking on him but he managed to squeak through it uh, Tim being a goalkeeper um are you attaching any I'm not saying it's his fault by the way I'm just saying he probably could have done a little bit better than than what he did yes you're correct uh it, who scored Dave uh, forced through the air there. I don't necessarily agree that it was a full error, but I think there could have been a, a def- definite better play. Uh, I think that Forster was just hoping to tip it over what would be the, the the attacking runners and just give it that extra little touch where you could have had a second or two for the adjustment, where Jack Harrison came in just a little bit later than expected, and because of that, he was right there in the right position, and you just got caught. You just got caught out. It sucks. I think we were playing really high there in terms of our line, which we normally do. And a little bit of unluckiness, a little bit of fortuitiveness that we could have done things better. And overall, uh, they were pushing, so it was deserved on their end, regardless of whatever the play was leading up to it. Yeah, I agree with that. I really do. And, and Alex, I mean, we needed a response, and I think we got it, because we didn't allow the deficit to get us down, and we did show some resilience and. You know, the closing stages of that first half, and Adams had a good chance then, but he was forced to use the outside of his boot as opposed to using his left. 
Oh, um, yeah. He did very well to carve out that chance, you know. But it, it's kind of like Saints needed that goal to give them a kick up the ass, and it kind of it, it did look like we were getting getting ourselves back into the game, <coughs> at that point, which is great. It's great to see when you go a goal down, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're right back at this, and you think, yeah, we can get one back here. Yeah, it's just it's kind of frustrating that we always need to have that goal. To, we always have yeah, to have that goal scored on the like you get, you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like why, why can't you have that mentality from the off? And but but I guess you know you're coming back from an international break with some of those guys with two weeks yeah. to to recuperate, and then other guys who had just a couple of days because they were on international duty. So um, mm, which mean, which means I mean I don't understand why he started. Never mind. So I don't understand why he started. Yeah, Adam Armstrong probably could have been a better choice, though, I would have thought, because, you know, no international. And, and, and I guess this is kind of jumping ahead, but uh, you sort of got that he was doing that at the end when he subbed on Shane Long, and and I kind of thought that this would be a good game for Adam Armstrong, too. Um, and it kind of sucks to have seen Shane Long come on for a couple minutes and then get fouled, and I think he did he roll an ankle or something and then have to yeah. limp for the last couple of minutes. So yeah. That was painful to watch. Yeah, um, and Tim. But before we discuss the goal, um, we, we I want to talk about the work from Kyle Walker Peters down the left there because not only did he win the free kick, but I mean he drove the ball forward from from a nothing situation really, and ball was in our own half to ball being in the back of the net in a matter of seconds of well of game time anyway. Um, he showed a lot of skill, strength, and he didn't give up with it. And Diallo had the uh, had a little one-two of him, so deserves some praise in, in, in that build-up. But yeah, wins the free kick and then you know, take it away, Prousey. I've done my bit, your turn, and, <laughs> and he delivered, you know? If I had to say who would be the player of the year it would for, on our team, it's going to be Walker Peters because I think not only has he been consistent, he has leveled up his game by, number one, switching into an out-of-place position and then excelling at that and being able to bring that progression going forward. That's something that we haven't seen necessarily from him. I mean, he had, we had the opportunity to, to know he had it, but he's really put it, he's really put it into a perspective that says, I deserve an England call up, which he absolutely did. And that, yeah. that run up was the reason why he got the, the, he got that call up and it was absolutely fantastic play from him. Agreed. Yeah. And also Ralph has come out and said in an article that he can use you know, the, the Kyle Walker-Peters story this season as a way to entice new transfers. You know, this is what is going to happen. You play at this club, you're going to get your opportunities. You, you know, Ralph wants to sign these young players uh, for next to nothing and then, you know, make them into superstars. And he's doing that with Kyle Walker-Peters. Kyle Walker-Peters has yeah. taken his chances and, yeah, fantastic. He, I agree. He's definitely up there in the conversation this season. I honestly think that, Manchester United is going to come after Walker Peters this this, uh, this off season. I think they're going to try and replace Juan Bissaka, and I think they're going to look at Walker Peters and say he's the guy to do it. This Prousey free kick, I mean, my goodness, <laughs> what what a what a goal! You know, is yeah. it is it ever in doubt when he's in that position? It's, it's, it's going in. It's only going in. Yeah, you guys start putting a fiver on that every time. Like, <laughs> it makes for good money. Uh, I mean, I watched it so. Sadly, I missed it in real time because I was putting – that's right around the time that uh, Teddy's afternoon nap. So when I got the game turned back I on – I think it was Melier's I mean, afternoon nap as well. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> you know, it's always nice to see because you can see it in slow motion. When he hits that, that thing's spinning so quickly. And because of it, you know, Melia gets a hand to it, but there's just nothing he can do because the rotation of the ball, you know, slides it right out of his hand. It was perfect. Yeah, it's just too good for him. Yep. It's just – sublime perfection almost you know there isn't anything you can do um that's his 13th direct free kick and that's his third this season so yeah it's um it's awesome and he is going to catch beckham you you got to got to feel he's going to do that what's beckham beckham has 18 more than i thought but but still Prowsey's still going to get it i feel, i believe so yeah he's got like you said he's got a long time left and yeah yeah it's going to happen alex just after the hour Romeo comes off uh for stew and I want to I want to talk about Romeo because Tim said something about him as, as well. You know, he come off on the hour, and I, I don't think it was his finest display yesterday. Looked well, dare I say, weak? I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word, but not his usual self, anyway. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't terrible, but um, I, 
just whenever I look back at individual performers, you know, he, he gave the ball away a few times that I can remember. And off the ball, he wasn't causing the problems that he's become accustomed to. You know, he always loves to get stuck in, gets a yellow card. And but we didn't see any of that. Um, didn't see the ball enough. Uh, I know, you know, he only played 63 minutes, but James Ward-Prowse had twice the amount of touches and passes. Diallo also had a better, better you know, better pressing stats, which is, is quite a worry, really. But mm-hmm. He's probably a little unfair considering Prowse and Diallo played the 90, but just the progressive carries from Romeo as well. He, just, he was just quiet, I guess. And he's kind of been like that, I think, the last several games. Um, you, you think that would have changed after the break because um, I think it was Hampshire, Hampshire Live did a piece about how he said that he needed the rest. Uh, maybe that's taking a little out of context, but... Um, I, I just I wonder if it's just his age showing a little bit, and and maybe the game's kind of slipping away from him. And oh, and don't say that. Yeah, yeah it, I mean it's a heartbreaking <laughs> thing, but that's kind of that's why we got Diallo. Um, and I I hate to see it go, but that's sort of that's where I'm. That's where my mind is going. Uh, especially I read some piece about Nuno talking about. Nuno Espirito Santo talking about Joe Hart being too old for the game. I saw this, yeah. just, so, so that's like, it's, it's unfair to put those exact words on Romeo, but that's kind of like, it seems like that's what's happening, at least to my eyes. And, and some of that might just be maybe Rouse asking him to do a little bit of a different job where he, where he's not being as progressive as the, the other midfielders. And he's, he's really just kind of a, a holding midfielder, a protector of the back, back line, whatever yeah. number it may be. Sure. I mean, I, I get that that's his that's his game. He's not you're not he's not going to pick the ball up and go on these marauding runs with it like like right. Rouse or even Diallo. Yeah. But you know, you usually do see him get stuck in a little bit more off the ball. But <clears throat> it wasn't there. It just wasn't there this this game. And I don't know if you saw it like that Tim at all. But um, Romeo's performance yesterday not 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 the finest. He got caught out because of the formation switch. So he. Norm, I think within the 4-2-2-2, he knows his place. But because of Diallo and because of the rotation, uh, his mentality wasn't, he wasn't there, be, like you just mentioned all the touches. Uh, he, he wasn't in that, he wasn't in that fine positioning. Diallo and Ward Prowse took over that role. And Romeo, while he sat back and was a good protectorate of Bednarik and Salisu, which made them look pretty decent, I think he, yeah, there was outside of that one progression in the first, uh, in the first half. There wasn't much to him there, and you saw him get caught out uh, with some with some late fouls, and mm. they took him out because they wanted to get back into the four two 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 formation, which was necessary. Uh, trying to get try to progress and get that goal, he was yeah. the odd man out and deserved to be taken deserved to be taken out, but he should have been taken out because he was the most out of place out of all the players on the pitch uh, for our team. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Alex, the second half, overall second half display, I mean, did, were you happy with it? I mean, or did you did, well, did you ever feel like that we were going to go back and, and, and win this game? Yes and no. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had a couple of opportunities. I think there was another one that Roya missed. I'm, I'm, I think I'm sort of blurring the first and second half together. And uh, I know Tino ripped a mm. half volley wide, which, you know, I, I look back at that, and that just kind of shows his – um, youthfulness, where he probably opts to hit with, hit with his laces instead of trying to pass into the corner. Um, but so, so it was nice to see us having those attacking opportunities to potentially go forward. But then, like the rational part of my brain, then so yeah, we're still Southampton. Like we're we're not going to score every opportunity like that. So yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I was a little disappointed, but also kind of like yeah, that's kind of how things are. I, I have never seen such a split before in, in how that ever people think the game went. Because, I mean, you speak to a Leeds fan, they'll say that, you know, we deserve to win this game. You speak to a Saints fan and they'll say, oh, I think it draws a fair result. But, I mean, if you look at the stats overall, I mean, it would suggest that it, it was, wow, it, it's, it's a bit all over the place. I mean, 14 shots to their 12, um, six shots on target to their three. We had seven corners to their four. Um, the tackles were even. We were just about behind on possession, but then Melier had to make more saves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Tim, would you say at a point? I mean, you've said it before. A point is a fair result, but 
the Leeds fans are adamant that they should have won this game. But you know, looking at the stats, it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't appear that they should have. So the Leeds fans saw the positivity and the what would be a better play within that first half, and they're they're set on that. Where the residuals built in for the second half, it was at fifty fifty split. So you're. Uh, I thought maybe 55-45 in terms of quality of play. Leeds were uh, in that 55, Southampton in terms of 45. The 1-1 was fair to me. Now, I felt that once we switched back into the 4-2-2-2, meaning that when we got Romeo off and we got Tella on, I thought that's where our next spark was. I thought we gave ourselves another a little bit higher chance to get that goal. Uh, we didn't. It didn't ultimately cumulate, uh, culminate into it, but... Uh, I, I just didn't see us. Oh, I didn't. I saw us get a better chance with Tella coming on, but I didn't see us going and getting that extra goal, the second goal. Uh, incidentally, the XG on this game was 1.1 for Leeds and 1.7 for us. So, yeah, it's 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 weird. These stats are, are all over the place. And I guess you know the, the the other thing that you need to consider with the Leeds fans is that they feel like you should have had a penalty late on with um, Diallo tackle on Galhart. Uh, I've seen them given. I mean. Alex, did, did Diallo get the ball? Was was, Gal, was Galhard looking for it too much? I mean, why was I, that given? I can't tell if Diallo got the ball or not. I, I don't think – I definitely think Galhart was looking for some contact because he knew where he was. But I, I watched, you know, however many replays, replays they showed in the game, and I, I couldn't see Diallo getting any of the ball. It seemed like – No, he didn't. He didn't get the ball. It, I mean, it was just – I, late, been, I think it's a penalty. Yeah, I, I think it was too. And I don't want to keep watching replays because I don't want to affirm that decision in my mind to give uh, some of my coworkers some ammunition to bitch when I'm at work tomorrow. Because uh, <laughs> I work with two Leeds fans from Leeds, and uh, oh I wow, don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from them. <laughs> Tim, penalty for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't think Diallo gets enough of the ball and. I think they're a little bit hard done by Leeds there. So I'm guessing, you know, Leeds fans are hanging on to that as well because of their great start in the first half, like you mentioned, Tim, and then, you know, feeling hard done by there. Um, yeah, possibly so. Um, Nathan Teller, given that run out for the last couple of moments, uh, great news, I suppose. He had four minutes and four touches. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned it at the top of the show, Tim. He's going to have more involvement. I mean, will he play against Chelsea? I actually yeah. think he's going to start. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess it really does depend on Elianisi and Stu and, and if he's going to go back to that four-two-two-two. And I mean, I don't know. But actually, let's talk about let's talk about Elianisi for a bit because, I mean, I guess it was just the usual performance for him because you know he runs a lot, causes problems. Playing in the centre, not his usual position. You know, causing problems at time. Wasn't clinical when it mattered the most. You know, he had that slip, but um. I don't know. I just want to see him do more without the ball and you know get stuck in more. But then maybe that's just not his game, is it? And he, but incidentally, he led the team individually on XG with 0.9. But how did you see his performance, Tim? I thought his defensive performance was his better than his offensive performance. He saw uh, obviously that goal that he had. Well, he had a couple. He had a couple shots, but the mm. the shot on goal that he had uh, towards the beginning where he slipped was his best chance and should have done better with it. But once again. Potentially the the field that could be the reason why. Uh, to me though, I think that he is a good protectorate in going backwards, but his progression going forward, that little extra finesse, that touch, it isn't quite there. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he's a solid all around player, and out of our wingers, I think he's kind of at the same level of Romeo, where. You're going to get a consistent play out of him, sure. but it's never going to be something no, it's no, not going to be spectacular. No, I, I, I totally There's agree never with what you're saying game. there. Yeah, I think if you look at Elionis's performance throughout the season on a whole, you give him like a seven. He never drips, drops below, never drops any higher. He's just always that all-round solid performance. Just you know, needs to needs that better performance every now and then to be a little bit more. Uh, threatening in front of goal possibly but yeah I, I i agree with you there he's got one of the one of the only players in the team this year that hasn't had a shocker or hasn't had a blinder he's just he's just there um alex nathan teller elianusi where, where do you stand with those two i like elianusi i like teller um I, i'd like to see teller get some more game time in these last several games that we have um 
Yeah, I, I don't really have anything different to say than what you guys just did. You know, El Yanusi has certainly stamped himself a starter since coming back from his loan at Celtic and just being a consistent player. I mean, I, if you think in terms of the depth we have in, in wingers right now and in, in number 10th, you know, he's clearly better than, I think, Walcott. He's definitely, I, th- I think he's more consistent than Janepo is. Um, you know, Stu Armstrong, I think, is definitely our, our number one currently. Um, but, you know, when asked to play in a different position through the middle, all bets are kind of off at that point, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Stu play that position more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I almost think that maybe he'll, if Tell is going to get more game time, maybe he'll start as a front pairing with maybe Adams and, and Bro- Broya might get rested a little bit because he seems to be lacking confidence right now. Sure. Uh, Teller has the pace, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. playing him yeah. through the centre is not not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Alex, I'm going to go with you first on this one. Um, man of the match. Oh boy. Uh, you know, Prowsey scored that. Prowsey scored that free kick, but I think you have to give it to the work rate of Kyle Walker Peters again. You know, without without his up and down on that left side, that free kick wouldn't have even happened. So. It's yeah. a egg before the chicken, I think. <laughs> um, I'm going to go against that. I'm going to go uh, James Wood-Prowse. I think I'm going to have to give it to him. I think, you know, the, the free kick was another another special one. But beside the goal, you know, I just think he was our best player in terms of his passing, his coverage. He had the most touches, most passes, like 74% success rate also, which was a team high. Uh, it just does his job well, I think. And yeah. even even without that goal, I think he was man of the match for me. Um, Tim? So, Ray, I'm going to ask you a question and this is probably the first time I've ever asked you one like this, is what does it feel like to have someone playing for Southampton who is literally the best in the world at what they do in a specific trait? You're you're obviously going on James Ward-Prowse with the the free kick, right? So to me, I think he equates to Jordan Henderson at Liverpool – except maybe just a tiny bit lower in terms of overall quality of play, but with his dead ball specialty, it is game-changing to me. It's a weapon. It's... The reason, and the reason I ask you that is because you've grown up and seen Southampton prior to James Ward-Prowse. So you know, you're, you're much more enthralled in the history, whereas for me, I've only seen Southampton with James Ward-Prowse as a player. Now, he's what, 16 years old when he first came on with the team. But to me, having the Southampton and just understanding it, the quality of having somebody who is the best in the world, in my opinion. Now, somebody could be a better left foot, but the best right foot, right foot set piece taker in the world right now is James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. So overall, the solid consistency of play is Walker Peters throughout the entire game. Ward-Prowse may be right at that level or just below it. But when you throw in what is an absolute weapon, somebody who is the best in the world and we just show the showcase. And I think the quote was, turning the extraordinary into the ordinary. Because to him, we could almost see that it's just, it's bound to happen once every three or four games. And to me... Uh, I love them both. I think Walker, said Walker Peters is going to be my man of the year so far, but Ward Prowse for this game and that that individual play is, is something, just absolutely something else. It's something you love to see. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's also really really great that you know when you've got a free kick in that position and he's put the ball down that it get you know it gets you on the edge of your seat. You're thinking, well, th- this is going in. You know, you, you can sense a goal is coming. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great feeling sometimes. It really is. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, then. Chelsea, Saturday, the 9th of April. At home. Wow. I mean, oh Chelsea. Yeah. Th- I mean, Tim, is this going to be... Uh, let's have them whilst they're licking their wounds from Brentford, or are we about to cop the backlash? They absolutely got pumped by Brentford. Did you see the highlights of that game? I did, yeah. I loved it. I, I mean, I just wanted to see it for Christian Eriksen, if nothing else. I just think the guy, it's, it's a great story. So, yeah, overall, uh, Chelsea right now is sitting in third, fairly comfortable at 50, uh, 59 points. But right now what they're looking at is they've got still a full spectrum of the Champions League alongside the uh, FA Cup with against Crystal Palace. 
So there's a great shout for them to come up here. April uh, 16th is their game that they have. So could we be that? Uh, could we be that game next week that they're like, oh, they're they're thinking past us. They're looking they're looking at the the Champions League midweek. They're, they're looking at the FA Cup. I think it's a great opportunity for us to scratch a, a result out of them. And I think that even while Broya is out, uh, I did say that I feel like Tell- this will be an opportunity for Teller to come in and start. I think I'd prefer Adam Armstrong, but I think Tella is going to be that person. So overall, uh, them getting pumped by Brentford was a complete surprise, one of the shocks of the season so far. Uh, they didn't have inj- Reese James uh, th- in this past game. He's been bouncing in and out with injury, but between Oscar Quetta and Chalaba on the right side of that defense, they're they're still sitting pretty with options for them. Chilwell, we know, is out through uh, the ACL injury through the end of the uh, end of the season, and so that five two three, that flexibility, they still have everybody there um, uh, with Alonso. They've got. Uh, uh, Tiago Silva, they've got Christensen, they've got Rudiger. Um, yeah, what a goal so, from him, by the way. Oh my God, thirty-nine yards out. That's the second, second longest. Yeah, second longest goal in Chelsea uh, in, in for Chelsea in the last fifteen years. Yeah, two thousand seven was the last one. I uh, had a great yeah. goal from that far out. Yeah, incredible. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So, to me, uh, I'm hoping they're looking to o- they're over hoping to overlook us. And to me, seeing that they've got these games coming up, let's just, let's, let's do something. Let's go, we can, we can push it. And looking at that, I think we got this 4-2-2 coming back. We always, we're, we're playing up to the teams that may not necessarily, um, we may think that they have a chance against us. We're always that, uh, you never know what's going to happen. So to me, looking at Forster, uh, we're looking at KWP, Bednarik, Salisu, Tino Livermento, Romeo JWP. I think we're going to get back Elianusi. I think we're going to get Armstrong, and I think Adams and Tella are going to start start up top. I'd prefer Adam Armstrong, but I think Tella is so uh, is is going to be the person. The two changes for you then: Broya out, Diallo out, Stuart Armstrong in, and Tella in. Correct. Okay, that's cool. Alex, what about you? Are we going to have any? What changes are you going to? What, what changes are you expecting? Um, I, I definitely think we're going to have a forward change, um, whether it is Adam Armstrong or Tella. I think Bro, I think Broya, well, yeah, Broya has to be out because that's his parent club. Um, it's hard to say which one. Um, I think it'd be nice to see Adam Armstrong. Can you imagine if it was Armstrong and Tella for, for, you know, half an hour? Just let them run at Chelsea's back line and destroy them with pace. We'd, we'd never score a goal, but it'd be interesting to see them just, you know, rip <laughs> run around like headless apart. chickens. Yeah, 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 no, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad yeah. idea. So, you, I mean, you could you could see that, that uh, Armstrong, Adam Armstrong, starts up front with Shea, and then you know, with a mm. few minutes left to go, when the score's nil nil, <laughs> uh, bring on bring on Nathan Teller and let yeah. him do what he does. Yeah. Just, just imagine Tiago Silva, 38 years old back there, looking at these children. <laughs> yeah. The, Adam Armstrong, Tella, five feet seven tall. Tiago Silva built like a brick shit house, like he is. <laughs> looking around, seeing them all run around, be like, "Well, I got this. These guys are <laughs> these guys are going anywhere, and they're going to be like the like the roadrunners trying to like go <laughs> zigzagging <laughs> in and around them." I I, I I like Adams in this matchup just because I think he's going to be able to box them out, and then I do and at least put up a good fight, and then from there uh, work around with the speedster with its Tella or Adam Armstrong. Mm, yeah, I think Adams needs to stop. Oh, Adams has to start. It's required. That's yeah. not he's yeah, he's yeah. the he's the third guy in the team sheet for me. Yes, agreed. Um Alex, I'm going to go to you first because uh you're you're the guest. Prediction. Mm. How is how is this going to go? I was I was originally thinking that uh we were going to be the punch back from Chelsea, but after I, I forgot that they had Champions League to worry about as well. So after Tim brought that up, I'm going to say we might eke out a draw, 2-2. Two, two. Wow. I, you know, I could use the the chance to jump you in the uh, predictions table because you've had a good week lately. I know, week, man. So I, this this I, is great. <laughs> I've got Saruman's crystal ball, and yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we don't score. I think it's going to be, uh, I say, a typical home performance at the moment, and that's just what it's going to be. I think I don't think it's going to be an easy one for Chelsea. I don't think it's going to be something that they're going to just come and pump us. But I'm going to take a bog standard two 0 away win. 
Chelsea are winning this 2-0. Um, Kevin, uh, by the way, is um, going for a Chelsea 1-0 win. Um, so that just leaves you, Tim. How many are Saints going to win by? Yeah, so Chelsea's playing Real Madrid Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, this April 6th. Uh, then it's us, April 9th, sandwiched between Real Madrid again on the Tuesday, the, the 12th. So really in that over that overlook stage. I think they're going to come out and be less aggressive than we would probably expect them to be, but I think they'll sna- snake out a 1-0 win. No, you, you and Kev, same score. Hi, I'm Matt Letitia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then, extra time. Um, we'll start, as usual, with the predictions. Alex, what's going on, man? You predicted a 1-1, and you said yeah. it would be it, it would be a struggle. Exactly what happened. So you, you get the maximum five points. Um, Tim, you went for, I believe, a 1-0 Saints win. I went for a 2-1 Saints win as did Kevin. So no one scores any points, but Alex gets the maximum. So the scores now are Alex and Tim both have 30 points. I am on 37, and then Kevin is still in the lead on 45. So this is good. But the Discord, however, ah, God, Alex, my God. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the uh, the latest that I've put up on our Discord. I, I did this morning, yeah. It made yeah. me a little happy. <laughs> yeah, not me. Um, So Dan at the bottom. Fred on four, Colt on 10, Tony A on 12, Kevin on seven. Sorry, Kevin seventh in, on 12. Tim sixth on 13. Tony M's in fifth with 14. Jim is fourth with 15. Scott is third with 15, as am I with 15, but streaking away with it now. Alex, 25 points. You've got a 10-point lead on me, Scott, and Jim. You know you went for a 4-1 City game and then i'm not happy that i got that right (laughs) just just saying (laughs) and then a one one yesterday there's your 10 points but yeah well done you're schooling us lately what's going on yeah like i said i've got saruman's crystal ball here and the eye of mordor is telling me what's happening in the future (laughs) and yeah and yet you're still going for a 2-2 with chelsea Uh, yeah it only works a little uh, for a little while (laughs) (laughs) oh brilliant keep it up anyway um it's good because yeah I, i need to pick up my game um, Super Six, there's been quite a lot since we last recorded. Uh, round 45 was won by a- 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 sorry, Adrian Gelder with 17 points. Round 46 was Stuart White on 11. Round 47, Colin Carter with 10. And yesterday's round 48, Jason Lewis with 17, leaving the overall lead, Tom Hennigan with 388. Now then, boys, fantasy football. Tim, Take it away. How'd you get on? Uh, sitting on 32 points. Uh, I do have Ramsdale and Gunn. So that bounce back between Cruel and Gunn, always, I don't know what to look at from there, but keeping Gunn as a 4.0 on the bench is a good idea. Uh, I put in Van Dyke and he's been a solid, uh, solid get so far. Captain Salat and he's only got six. Ward Prowse starting out, uh, for me with 10. So we've got one, two, three, four potential pl- uh, players uh, that could go through, and Ramsdale is one of them, so good shout that it could not be him. And uh, so I'll, I'm ahead of the average, but I don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be above average this week. I got 50 this week. Nice. I got 51. Oh, you bastard. What are you <laughs> doing to me? Uh, sorry, it, but I've had everybody play except Ramsdale. So I'm not looking at much more advancement from here. No, I, I have as well. And I, I stupidly put Raul Jimenez in the team and um, he, he suspended. So, Ooh, uh, I, uh, yeah, that was that was awful. And my bench consists of Wan-Bissaka, who didn't play, um, Jared Bowen, who picked up four. Yep, um, I got him too. Uh, and Broya, who picked up two. I have Broya starting. See, that's what I need to do. I need to drop Broya and he'll start scoring goals again because inevitably yeah. I'll, I'll pick up the hot player and then they'll do shit for my fantasy. Um, and then when I drop them again, they'll start doing well. So I'll drop Broya, and uh, he'll start scoring goals. That's that's what that's what will happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah I had James Ward-Prowse as well, Tim. But I, you know, ten points for him. I think with a free kick like that, you should be awarded double. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's something to think about. Fantasy football, Premier League bosses, who, if you're listening, <laughs> heard it here first. Have you got a southern phrase this week? I got one. I've got one. I yeah, go, let's, that you, yeah. uh, that you, I don't think you've said yet. Um, did you do fixing to? Yes, I did. Okay. All right. So it wasn't that it was, it's putting things up, put that up. 
it's it's like uh, putting no, something does that, away. Does that, it, does, it that, does that mean put something up on the wall? No, it just means put something away. It doesn't necessarily have to be put up high, but like, hey, put your toys up, put your toys away, put that salad up, put the salad back in the fridge. Where, um, what's the origins of that? Because that doesn't make sense. No, all I know is it's from Texas. That's where I learned it. And put it confused me a lot when I had first heard it. And now you use it all the time. Tim, do you, do you, yeah. are you aware of this? Yeah, I am. Um, okay, anyway, yeah, so if you appreciate what we do, <laughs> and, you, know, you want to hear us talk about flickers, uh, and you appreciate that, <laughs> then uh, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number and buy us a pint, please. <laughs> um, next week, we will bring you the, the Chelsea reaction and prepare for another London club, um, and that will be Arsenal. So until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.